Welcome to British Railway History from podcastingnet.com. This series of programs contains news from various railway companies in the late 19th and early 20th century. Today's episode is from January 1899, and here's your host, Dr. David Robinson. In this episode, we have activity reports from 16 railway companies. The Caledonian, Great Central, Great Eastern, Great Northern, Great North of Scotland, Great Western, Highland, London and Northwestern, the London, Brighton and South Coast, the London, Chatham and Dover, the London and Southwestern, Midland, North British, Northeastern, Rumney and Southeastern and Chatham and Dover. First, let's look at news from the Caledonian Railway. The new bogey brake vans recently introduced are being much appreciated by the guards. In fact, a guard who has worked the railway for about 30 years states that they are most convenient and comfortable and that they are a pleasure to travel in when compared with the old six-wheelers. Six-wheelers subjected the guards to much rough jostling when working in the van while the train was running at a high rate of speed. End. The Great Eastern Railway. A collision occurred on the Great Eastern on December 19 between Ilford and Manor Park. While a local goods train was being shunted, a truck left the rails, and a through goods train proceeding to London collided with it. The engine and several trucks were thrown across the rails. The up and down main was blocked because the permanent way was considerably damaged. However, the driver was the only person injured. Now the Great Central Railway. In December 1898, a court injunction was filed to restrain the railway from continuing to permit a nuisance by a fire on a piece of waste land on railway property near Ashton under Lyme. The company spokesman admitted that the fire had been burning for a year and everything had been tried to extinguish it, but without success. The judge directed an independent expert to report to the court as to what steps ought to be taken to put the fire out. And in the event of the parties failing to agree upon the choice of an independent expert, a person would be chosen by the president of the Institute of Civil Engineers. The Great Northern Railway. The Great Northern has obtained a very successful result in some artesian boring at Warrington near Peterborough Station, Cambridgeshire. At a depth of 132 feet, a spring was struck and the flow rate was 300,000 gallons per day. In another development, in the early morning of December 6th, an express goods train was running past Three Counties Station, Bedfordshire, at 40 miles an hour, when the truck suddenly left the line. The goods train consisted of 20 heavily loaded trucks. 
On leaving the rails, the goods trucks fell upon the down main line. Fortunately, the coupling broke and the engine and four front trucks got away safely. The rest of the train was completely wrecked, fouling the line for at least a quarter of a mile. Several breakdown gangs of 30 men each were sent from Peterborough, Hitchin, and King's Cross. Armed with powerful cranes, the gang soon cleared away the wreckage. Fortunately, no loss of life was recorded, but the rear guard was severely bruised. On to the Great North of Scotland Railway. Mr. Moffat, the enterprising general manager of this self-styled bigger and better railway, is still leading the way in providing new facilities for the patrons of the line which he so ably directs. The Great Western Railway. Here are some details of a record run made on Wednesday, December 7, 1898, of a special train from London Paddington to Old Milford and back. The train consisted of two brake third-class coaches, two first-class corridor coaches, and a dining car. All the vehicles were modern eight-wheeled stock, and the train's weight was about 110 tons. The 540-mile round trip took 15 hours, including a three-and-a-half-hour layover in Old Milford. The railway anticipates being able to reduce the journey by 40 minutes when the Chipping-Sodbury-Gloucestershire line is opened. Now, from the first day of 1899, the railway will continue its passenger service upon the Pontypridd, Caerphilly and Newport line since negotiations with the Alexander Dock Company, the owner of the line, were satisfactorily concluded. And finally, a new station will be opened between Slough and Taplow in early 1900 and will be designated Burnham Beaches, Buckinghamshire. The Highland Railway. The opening of a new short route to Inverness has placed the Highland Railway in a very strong position regarding through traffic to and from the far north. New locomotives and rolling stock are also now greatly in evidence on the system. The London and Northwestern Railway Good progress is being made with the construction of the Ashbourne and Buxton section of the London and Northwestern Railway. The sites of the proposed stations have been selecting and building has begun. The London, Brighton and South Coast Railway. A resident of Oakley near Dorking has been fined maximum penalty of £5 and costs for using the electric communication of an express on the London, Brighton and South Coast Railway without reasonable cause. The defendant stopped the train when it was passing the station at which he wished to alight and at which it was not scheduled to stop. When spoken to, the defendant's only excuse 
was that since they stopped for other people, they should do so for him. He also told the guard that it would be a bad job for him, that is the guard, if he reported the matter. The London, Chatham and Dover Railway. A special royal train conveyed the Grand Duke and Grand Duchess Serge of Russia to Windsor on November 12, 1898. The train departed Dover Harbour at 8 minutes past 3 in the afternoon and arrived Ludgate Junction at 4.35 in time to meet the southwestern pilot. The time of departure from Ludgate Junction was 4.38 p.m. and arrival at Windsor was 5.10 p.m. The 100-mile journey took two hours despite several unanticipated slow-running orders and stops. London and South Western Railway. A very attractive weekend trip has just been advertised by the issue of cheap return tickets to Le Havre. Origin points include London and suburban stations and Portsmouth and Southampton. Every Friday, Saturday and Monday, cheap return tickets will be issued from Waterloo, London, Vauxhall, Queen's Road, Clapham Junction, Kensington, Addison Road, West Brompton, Chelsea, Wimbledon, and Surbiton, and Portsmouth. These cheap tickets will be available for return any weekday up to and including the Tuesday following the date of issue. The railway has spared no expense to minimize the discomfort which often accompanies a connecting sea trip by providing such steamers as the Alma, and Columbia for the Le Havre service. The accommodation on board is claimed to be the most luxurious of any of the cross-channel steamers, and their seagoing qualities and high speed have rightly earned for them loud praise. Based on the Normandy route to Paris, Honfleur, Trouville Deauville, Caen and Rouen, continental travelers are expected to use this service. The Midland Railway. The Midland Railway Company is now rebuilding the passenger rolling stock for its express trains, and a considerable number of new carriages have already been turned out of the shops. The vehicles are built on an improved pattern, and the interiors of the compartments are roomier and more comfortable than most other types of rolling stock. The Midland has also increased the facilities afforded to winter tourist travel, such tickets being now issued to most of the inland and seaside resorts in England and Wales during the winter months. The issue of cheap weekend tickets has also been extended to include Edinburgh, Glasgow, Greenock, Dundee, Perth, Aberdeen and numerous other Scottish stations. The Midlands rates for the transport of parcels by passenger train have undergone considerable revision during the past year. The railway has just issued a book of schedules resulting from the reduction of rates which has been made. 
Editions of the book are issued for London, Leicester, Nottingham, Bristol, Birmingham, Manchester, Liverpool, Sheffield, Leeds, Bradford, and other important towns, which show the new rates from the respective points. In addition to a complete list of stations, the books contain other facts relating to the transport of bicycles and other articles. Finally, the new Midland Railway Goods Depot at Somerstown is now in complete working order. The North British Railway. It costs the North British Railway Company £5,000 each year for the working expenses of Glasgow's Cowlairs Tunnel, nearly 1,000 of which is expended on the rope. The North Eastern Railway. On Wednesday, December the 14th, the North Sunderland Railway opened. It runs from the main line of the North Eastern Railway at Chat Hill to Sea Houses on the Northumbrian coast. The new railway's first spadeful of soil was cut on May 16, 1896, and it was opened for goods traffic in August of 1898. It is a single line of standard gauge and is a little over four miles long. The Rumney Railway. Mr. John Boyle, chairman of the Rumney Railway since it was first opened in 1858, has just retired in his 80th year. He is to be succeeded by Mr. William Austin, who has been deputy chairman since 1880. Mr. Franklin George Evans was appointed Deputy Chairman and Mr. William Vatchell has been elected to the vacant seat on the board. The Southeastern and Chatham and Dover Railway. From January 1st and on every day following, Sundays included, an express train will leave Victoria at 10.30 a.m running via Swanley and joining the southeastern system at Seven Oaks, arriving at Tunbridge Wells at 11.30 a.m., St. Leonard's at 12.10 p.m., and Hastings at 12.13 p.m. There will be a return train by the same route, leaving Hastings at 4.55 p.m., St. Leonard's at 4.58 p.m., and Tunbridge Wells at 5.41 p.m., arriving at Victoria at 6.45. New Brompton, a rising suburb of Chatham, is expected to derive benefit from the new arrangement between the companies, as three or four of the more important trains will run from Charing Cross and Cannon Street to New Brompton, and vice versa. A new service has also been arranged via the Strood Loop to the continent via Flushing and Queenborough, leaving Charing Cross at 8.22 p.m. and London Bridge at 8.28, joining the Chatham and Dover Mail Train at Chatham. The train service between Maidstone and London will also be greatly improved, since a loop line at Otford will be again opened 
thereby speeding up the service between London and Maidstone by as much as 15 minutes for certain trains. These improvements will also apply to all stations below Maidstone, and it has been arranged for the trains of the Chatham and Dover Company to run from Maidstone via Ashford to Appledore and Hastings. Chatham and Dover trains will no longer terminate at the Batten Ball Station, Seven Oaks, but will run through the much more convenient station of Tubbs Hill, Seven Oaks. These are some of the changes which took effect on January 1st. This demonstrates that the arrangement between the two companies for the working of the joint traffic is now taking definite shape and will certainly be advantageous to the public using these two railways. You have been listening to a British Railway History Podcast produced and presented by www.podcastingnet.com. If you enjoyed it, please tell your friends and return for another episode soon.